You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy. And before we come to today's episode, just want to get everybody pointed towards the YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV. Uh, as I said, we continue to grow this thing. We're trying hard to get it off the ground. We're doing our streaming shows every single game day live with my guys over here. Uh, 8.30 our time, which is about 3.30 Eastern. Uh, please come and join us for that each game day. It's a lot of fun. Um, and we've got other stuff coming as well this month. We're doing the podcast are going to be on there. We're going to be doing uh, a new episode of The View from the other lot with uh, with the Boston Brit over here. That's dropping tomorrow as well. Plus some other stuff, fun stuff coming along the way. So please go and check that out. Please subscribe if you haven't already done so. And of course, check out the website as well, www.miamiheat.uk.com. Uh, all of our podcasts, all our fun and games, all our video content, blogs, articles. It's all going on there. There's a big update going on that this week as well. So please check that out. Bookmark us. It will really help us. On to today's episode, and I'm delighted to welcome from the Five Reasons Sports Network, it's Marco Romo. Marco, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. It's the first episode I've done where the season has got underway this year, which is slacking a bit from my point. But what a, what a time to be talking the heat as we speak. Six and one. What a start to the season. We're going to get into it. All the way through this, Marco. But before we do, um, I just wanted to talk to you about something completely off the cuff here. Because earlier on in this summer, um, you was you you visited our, our, our wonderful bright shores over here in the UK. You've got a girlfriend who's from Scotland. First time you'd seen her for a, a while, I believe, because of lockdown, etc., which must have been incredible for you. But what I mm-hmm. loved during your visit was you kept putting these tweets on where you was rating and reviewing things like, British food, British TV shows, British quiz shows, all this sort of thing. And it was such a fun watch to see other people stateside come over and not only give an honest review, but give a marking out of it as well. I think we reviewed things like Crumpets and we reviewed things like um, uh, Gavin and Stacey, I think was in there, something like that, for TV shows. Can you just remind us, one with your overriding um, sort of, if you could take one thing that you could take back to you to the States, what would it be from over here? Uh, besides my girlfriend, uh, <laughs> the, all, of course. honestly, it's the gluten-free options because I'm a celiac myself. So it's like I live in Texas and it's hell to find anything that's like appropriate for me to eat. Uh, <laughs> just in general America, really. Uh, it'd be yeah. like all the options you guys have for gluten-free stuff, uh, especially the crumpets, which I'm, I can't find anywhere around here. The closest thing we have is English muffins, which are yeah. fine. I I used to eat those all the time, but like I want something else. Still, like so good. Uh, my girlfriend gets on about me uh, putting uh, Nutella jam and butter on mine because she says that's way too much. Uh, I also put peanut butter on them one time, which I don't know why. I guess I was just really hungry. Uh, it'd probably be that. And secondly, would be the quiz shows because I've gotten so into them that. I got this app now that lets me watch UK TV over here uh, for like an hour. And like the thing I choose to watch uh, whenever Bake Off's not on. 
because uh, I could just watch that on Netflix on Friday, uh, would be the quiz shows. Uh, I love uh, The Chase. It's like my number one show. Uh, and Beat the Chase is, is like right behind it, which is pretty much the same thing. Uh, and then it's actually Tenable, which uh, is not on right now anymore, uh, with Warwick Davis, who always has to remind you he was in Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I do like catchphrase uh but it's mostly the chase that that's not like my show yeah. uh, we have the a chase. version of it here too but it's like yeah. it's funny to me how the beast acts so differently on the american one like he gets they i think they tell him you have to act angry uh but then like when i watched him in the uk he's like just just a guy he's just talking it's really funny yeah the um the, the chase i don't watch many quiz shows um but the chase is a powerful choice that's a good one that's a good watch that is but yeah, I just love it. I just love the fact you've gone and got yourself an app now that will allow you to watch our telly. That's, uh, that's special stuff. So, uh, yeah, good. I'm glad you're a fan. I'm glad you're a fan of Crumpets because who isn't a fan of Crumpets? That's a great shout. Anyway, Marco. That's why I like that you guys things. exist. That I'm glad we have a, a UK uh, Heat affiliate because I, yeah. I, I did not see many Heat jerseys over there. A lot of Celtic jerseys in Scotland. Uh, you know, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I, was, I did see I was, one guy uh, wearing a New Orleans All-Star jersey, which is pretty weird. Uh, he was looking at my Jordans, which I guess that made sense. Yeah, there was, um, I was in London the other day. I don't often, even though I'm only literally 20 minutes from London, I don't actually often go into the city. And I was in there the other day. And apart from about probably a dozen balls and um, uh, uh, Lakers caps, um, the only NBA jersey I saw, funnily enough, was a Pelicans one. Maybe it was the same person. I can't believe there's more than two Pelicans fans. In the UK, so that's quite that's quite incredible that we've both seen a Pelicans uh, jersey when he's out and about. Very Although strange. it wasn't all star, it wasn't all star jersey, okay. so it might have been another. Because I think it was Zion, but I'm not sure. I think it was just was like whenever the the year of the All Star game was in New Orleans. Yeah, which yeah, those jerseys really sucked. <laughs> it was the sleeved <laughs> ones I remember with the big logo in the middle. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, they weren't the best. They weren't the best. Anyway, let's come on to more pressing issues because the heat are on fire six and one six and oh with Kyle Lowry what I'm going to get your take on very first of all is we keep seeing you know when Kyle joined uh, in the summer most of the Twitter was uh, he Twitter was very happy with this uh, a lot of people recognized exactly what he was going to bring and because of that this sort of big three um, sort of slogans were going firing around even very recently up to um, last uh, night's um, reveal of the mashup Miami jerseys contained the three players, uh, Bam, Jimmy, Kyle, all uh, wearing them. Uh, that's the way that this organisation is sort of pumping things. But in my opinion, we're a big four, Marco. We're a big four because Tyler Hero is absolutely balling. I've been so impressed with what I've seen so far. Um, leading the heat in scoring, coming off the bench. Uh, we know he's packed on a bit of muscle, a bit of pound, but it just is all-round game, not just the fact that he's a scorer, which we knew he was anyway, the fact that he's being aggressive, he can get to the ring, he's in his defensive side, has been an improvement as well. Um, we're a big four, in my opinion. What are your thoughts on Tyler's start to this season? Uh, uh, to the big four stuff. I feel like that's gotten so, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, so watered down that it could include a lot of people. Uh, like the Sixers last year, they say they had a big four. So if they say they have one, I mean, why not? He fans can say they have one. So yeah, I, I think uh, they've earned that, especially the way Tyler's played, which I think the thing I've noticed mostly from him is uh, he's, he's making the little plays 
that he wasn't making uh, his first two years that you see a lot of the secondary reads that he's making on pick and rolls and he's making off ball uh, movement rolls that you, you normally see from a guy that's been in the league a lot longer than he has. Uh, and that, that's the credit to him and the offseason work he's done and the amount of film he's watched. And Eric Spolsa talks about it. He said, people didn't see the improvement because it's behind the scenes. All this stuff that you're seeing is a product of all the work he did during the offseason. Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot of film watching. It's a lot of in the gym stuff. It's a lot of asking coaches, his teammates about all this stuff. He has some of the smartest teammates in basketball uh, that'll teach him this stuff. Like Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler are two of the smartest off-ball guys in the league. And P.J. Tucker is a great guy to teach you how to play off-ball defense or on-ball defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he said it himself. He says that Kyle's taught me a lot of how to be myself. And he's having a guy like, that who knows how to get you to your spots could do so much and he gets his guys to their spots uh yeah like brady hogg had a great uh video about how kyle and tyler lineups work so well because they can play off of each other so well and it's pretty much the perfect storm for me i wrote about this before the season started i was like tyler's in for a a big season and (laughs) the fact that he was a plus 1600 at one point for six man of the year (laughs) was crazy to me uh If you if you didn't get on that, uh, you're a little late now. He's at plus 300, which is, uh, yeah, you're not getting as much as you would have early in the year. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that, and I wrote about that. I was like, he's good. he's primed for a, a great year because last year was injuries. People forget about all the injuries he had. Those were nagging ones too. Those are the ones that basketball players take forever to get through. Like, yeah. and then he also had the short off season. He didn't have no off season to work at all. He also had uh a bunch of trade rumors over his head yep. mm-hmm. and like all this stuff's gone now and he can just play basketball and he had a off season to work on it. And you're seeing the fruits of the labor right now. Yeah. This, this is it. And I think a lot of people said, and maybe it's a bit almost too blase to just say, well, you know, now Carl's come in, he hasn't got a handle the ball as much and he hasn't got to worry about being uh, like any sort of facilitator. He can just get to, to do what he does best, which is scoring. And I think that although that, that is, there's, there's a truth to that. It's what he's doing, his floor, his intelligence, his IQ, his basketball IQ is just, it's already evident to see how much he's improved. And he's taking, it's, it's everywhere, it's across the court. Because, you know, you look at the, I was only looking at some of the shot maps uh, earlier this morning. And, you know, Jimmy gets the bulk of his in the paint, as you would expect. Um, you know, Duncan is on the perimeter. Kyle is sort of somewhere in the middle, but mainly on the perimeter. Um, Tyler's is literally all over. It's mid-range, it's paint, he's driving, he's getting those buckets still from three-point. So he's doing it across the board, and that's what's really impressed me. Um, so I, 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 obviously we had this um, thing that got very, very much um, sort of aggregated with uh, Jeremy Tache's interview about, I'm in, I want to be in the same conversation, I believe I am in the same conversation as Luca, Trey, etc., um, he took a lot of heat for that. Um, but at the moment, he's the one that's leading them. Um, is there is there a conversation if he continues this uh, through to say, you know, it's not a flash in the pan, he can continue this well into next year, that he's, he'll shut the haters up? I, I think he's already on that trajectory. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be in that, like, Luca and Trey are like, I hate this word it's being used around so much, but it's apt here because they're generational guys like yeah these are kind of guys that can carry you to like so far down in playoff uh like playoff runs and all this stuff uh i think tyler i don't think tyler will ever be there but i don't think it's 
you can definitively say that he's not improving every year where that's going to be like too much of a long shot. I think he definitely has all-star potential. I thought that since his rookie year, which I guess in the second year, I was like, oh, I guess he doesn't. But I still think he has so much more potential that he hasn't even tapped into, uh, which is crazy to think about. Uh, and I think it's not crazy to say that he could be an all-star in the future. Maybe that comes with another team and I'd be rooting for him either way. Cause mm-hmm. Tyler, he's just endeared himself so much to the team and to fans because he's worked so hard uh, from just being people forget. He was a late lottery pick. This is found money for Miami. Like mm-hmm. they, you don't get these kind of guys late. They've gotten two of them now from the same school, funny enough. So you got to be thankful with that already. And, I think uh, where he'll end up will probably be. Uh, I hate. I'm gonna put it on the record. I guess I. I think he's could. He's gonna be a, at least a two-time All Star by, let's say six years from now, and if that's with Miami, I I hope it is. But uh, that might be with another team. I hope he sticks around. It might be a little harder for him. Uh, you know, as long as Jimmy's here, uh, which is. I guess fine by me. I, I don't care about All-Stars. All I care about is championships at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I think he he's on such a – his improvement is so crazy to me for a guy of his uh, – who was drafted at his spot. You don't see that. I think we take advantage of that way too much. And we got to be thankful just watching his growth so far. Yeah, that's the, obviously the credit to the coaching as always with this organisation. And look, you know, we're, we're not sitting here realistically saying that you you put it well there that these guys, Trey, Luca, you know, Jar is on that stretch as well. They are generational. They're going to be the future of this league. And at the moment, yeah, you're not, we're not no one's going to sit there right now and say, yeah, um, Tyler Harrow's on that par because, you know, he isn't. He's not. These are number one options on their teams. Tyler mm-hmm. Harrow is not. But I, I still, when that happened, when he said those comments, and we know they got taken out of context as often that, that they do. Um, I was just delighted with it because I thought, look, that's what I want from my guys. I want to hear them say that sort of thing. Swing for the, you know, swing high, go for the stars. That's what, you know, that you don't want to just see someone thinking, saying, oh, you know, I think I've got a, a good career being a competent role player. I want them to say I want to be a multiple star. I want to be in the conversation with these names. So uh, fair play. And the great thing about him at the moment is he's backing that up. Um, before we leave, Tyler, the only thing that concerns me a little bit, and there's going to be uh, there's going to be some numbers that are going to be need to be crunched here, because after next year, the rookie contract mm-hmm. is up four million this year, five million next year. Then, obviously, if this continues, he's going to be getting big money. How does this work? Because uh, Heat are going to be a bit capped up. Uh, oh man, that's the cap stuff. <laughs> I hate looking at because at one point I just get I just throw everything out the window because I have no idea what I'm talking about. And I just go to uh, our friend Brian Goins from uh, Miami Heat because yes. he seems like more of the <laughs> the capologist uh, in Heat Twitter. Uh, shout yeah. out to Larry Kuhn, who I haven't seen on Twitter much, but he used to be one guy that I used to follow about that. Uh, I think He's those sure. are going to be decisions Miami's kicking down the road, which is right for them to do with you know the Kyle and Jimmy situations and contracts right now. Uh, and I think if he forces their hand, I don't see they love him. A lot like they've they, they talked uh, they talked about his work ethic and all this stuff and jimmy loves him that i don't see why they wouldn't try to pay pay him uh what he if he's earned it if he's if he's if his improvement continues next year and the year after that and the year after that and where he's like you have no choice but to pay him and maybe he's 
like uh, helped you win a championship here and there. I don't see. I, I can see how hard it's going to be for them to let him go. Uh, the money might uh, be a little tough to match uh, with whatever teams out there, like let's say uh, Minnesota or something, or some team like that. It's going to be like we're going to offer you a full max and all this, uh, and that might be tough for Miami to match. And maybe Tyler might give them a, a discount, which uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do that if I were Tyler, but again, it's not my money. Uh, I hope he do it, uh, but you know when you when you can make as much money as you'll be able to make kind of in a couple years, uh, I don't see why you would take a discount. But I can see why it's going to be Miami's going to be tied up uh, with a lot of money, so I, it's going to be a tough decision. But if he forces their hand, that's that can only be a good thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. This this is it. So it, it, we're let the number crunchers do what they've got to do. But if they're if they're forced, if Tyler's got to a position where he's forcing their hand, then that only means that the Miami Heat are doing uh, doing well. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave it to the experts on that sense. Um, so let's get on to Kyle Lowry. Obviously, um, as I said, most of Heat Twitter was very pleased with this. They could see what he was going to uh, to bring. There's a bit of a weird thing going on at the moment in Heat Twitter where um, you can't say something nice or complimentary about. Uh, Kyle Lowry without a Raptor fan somewhere getting all in their feels about, well, he's always done this and what, what, don't you ever watch Toronto, et cetera, which is uh, a bit strange. Um, you know, there's been an argument today about, you know... It's not, it, it's it's not even Heat fans either. Uh, Dan Devine, who uh, writes for, for The Ringer, uh, is one of my favorite writers at Your Man Devine. He tweeted about Kyle Lowry being such a perfect fit for Miami. Uh, and some random Raptors fan was like, uh, oh, you weren't talking about. He's always done this, and and it was so funny to me because that it's not even just Heat fans that are getting this now. It's just national people that are getting it. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's it's just strange. I'm just thinking that you know, we, we you, you he's a legend for you. No one's taken that away. There's no reason for this beef of you know why you're acting like we didn't know this or it's just strange. It's just a weird sort of setup that you can't compliment a good player without some reps are being in their feels about it but there we go um but what we're saying here is that he has transformed this team in terms of the the the, the pace the the uh what what he's brought in to do the facilitation the, that, the fact that he's allowing tyler and jimmy to now go and get what they uh what they can do which is to go and score etc my concern is and we've already seen it once to a poor in uh, indiana team is how quickly we reverted back in that loss to last season's Heat team. And Cole does have injury uh, troubles uh, historically. If this ever got to a stage where something bad went down, and I know you could say this hypothetical about any team in the league, but could this really derail the season quite catastrophically if Cole was to pick up an injury? Because the backups um, really aren't on the same level, are they? Um. Yeah, but like you said, that's like for every team. Uh, I, what surprises me is uh, for Kyle's injury stuff. He he's about as injury prone. He's not as injury prone as you'd think. Uh, when I was looking at some numbers recently, uh, the, the last full season he played in, which was eighteen nineteen, you know, the non pandemic non season, he played sixty five, which is you know a little lower than you would like. Uh, but the year before that, he was at seventy eight, seventy seven, seventy nine, seventy. But I get, uh, like, I think uh, our friend uh, Giancarlo Navas from Heapy, he always points out it's always a random hand injury that messes him up. And uh, I was looking at his injury history and was like, wow, he was right about that. Uh, 
it, it is a lot of random stuff like that. And the way he plays, uh, you can understand why it would be stuff like that. Uh, I think, wasn't it a wrist that kept him out in the Indiana game or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think oh, it, was, it was, yeah. Yeah, so it's always weird stuff like that. So you do get worried about that. I think if you're Miami, you have to you have to learn to win games without him. Uh, like you also had to learn to win games without like Bam. You have to learn to win games without Jimmy. Uh, you have to learn to kind of get through this season because for Miami, I don't think one seeds on their mind. Uh, what's on their mind should be let's get into the playoffs with a top three seed healthy by the end of the season. And I think they've done a great job of managing minutes uh, so far. They've done that. They've done a great job of doing that the past couple of years, really. Like no guy really averages more than like 32 minutes, which is crazy when you consider their depth hasn't been their strong suit. Uh, so that's like a good sign that I think Spoh's done. Un- he's been underrated at keeping guys minutes down uh, throughout a regular season for the playoffs. And I think that that'll be uh, that's a good sign for Miami, considering the kind of the older guys they have on their team. Like PJ Tucker is barely averaging 20 minutes a game uh, so far this year. So I think they're, they've done a good job of managing minutes, and I think they'll keep doing that sort of stuff throughout the year. It's a lot of uh, staggering guys. And for Kyle, yes, I can I can imagine an injury would derail, but wouldn't derail, but I think it would it would be a little cause for concern. But I think you have to learn to play without your some of your guys eventually. And if you're it's, if you're as good as you say you are, you're not. And if it's if you're as good as you want to be, which is Miami wants to be a title team, you have to learn how to kind of go through this kind of adversity sooner uh, rather than later. Uh, and hopefully, maybe you don't ever have to go through it. But like the Suns last year, Chris Paul didn't play; he played every game pretty much last year, and Devin Booker did. So maybe you have that kind of injury luck. So you maybe you go through that stuff. Uh, you never have to go through it. But I guess what I'm saying is. You have to learn, and I think they will because uh, I think they have enough guys, and I think they have a, a great coach and a defense that is conducive to winning games uh, throughout a season. So I think they can get through maybe a little hiccup here and there. Yeah, okay. That's the, the, Obviously, that's, it's good to have that sort of confidence that, that, could, that we, you know, we've got the ability to be able to do that if we did miss the guys. Bringing everyone at the moment at full health, which is what they've been really for every game this season, barring one. Did you believe that it would click this quickly, this well? Because we're not just beating teams, we're beating teams by double digits. We've got the best defensive rating in the league. We've got the best plus minus in the league. We're one of the fastest um, in the league. I suppose the question is, one is, a, do you, did you believe it would be as quick to click as it has been? And B, most importantly, maybe is, do you think this is sustainable if everyone stays at full health? Is this sustainable? At this uh, level, <laughs> I think it's sustainable if you're playing the type of games they are, which they're not crazy games when you look at the numbers and when you take a deep dive into it. They're not like doing anything out of the ordinary. Okay, maybe that game in Memphis, the three pointers were falling a little more than usual, but the way they were creating their shots wasn't anything crazy or, or anything that's conducive to not happening throughout a, a course of a regular season. Uh, and and to answer your first question, I didn't expect it uh, at all. I expected it from the defensive side because they have an PJ, Bam, and Jimmy and Kyle are some of the smartest defenders uh, the NBA has seen, uh, which is crazy that they're all on the same team. Uh, and I, I, 
I wrote about it also in the season. I was like, they have potential to be the best defense they've had since 2012, 2013. And they've shown that so far. Uh, and I think that I saw that going like clicking at least within a week. <laughs> it clicked the first game, which was crazy to me. Uh, the offense, though, that that's what I was a little more worried about their half court offense. But I guess when you're getting as many transition and quick hit aheads as Kyle has, which is funny when he's on the court, they're first in pace. And when he's off, they're like a bottom 10 pace team, uh, which is a funny stat uh, that I saw. <laughs> yes, uh, I saw that earlier. That is quite incredible, isn't it? Uh, and I think that's the part that surprised me is how well their offense is yet. But I guess when you're that smart defensively, and I guess when you have a coach like Spo that knows how to get uh, the best out of his team, and when you have guys that smart, you're going to have a good offense eventually. Uh, they have good process so far. We saw that through the first week when their threes weren't falling. We saw that the process was there. Like the process they were getting their shots was good, and they were just not getting the results. And now that they're getting the results at the end, you're seeing that like pay off now. And hopefully that continues because it's it's going to be fun. Because if it's if they're all healthy, it's definitely sustainable. A hundred percent. This is it. So and one thing that I think was my biggest concern this year. Um, when obviously the roster got constructed, is I, I I was worried that if there was just wasn't maybe enough bench depth or more importantly maybe scoring depth. Um, but everyone's just proven me wrong. I mean, Deadman's coming in and just you know he's he's dominating his minutes. His plus minus is off the page. It's just unbelievable. Morris is coming in and doing doing a job. You know, Struess is coming in and doing a job. Even Caleb Martin, he didn't score last night, but he was effective. And this is that my my worries, my concerns um, have very very quickly evaporated because I just didn't see. You know, our benches outscored every single bench we, unit we played against. And I know a lot of that is down to, down to Tyler Harrow. But again, another another sort of follow-up question to it, very similar maybe, is I, I just didn't see it, didn't see this coming. How, how, is, this, how is this happening? Uh, it's like you said, Tyler is a big part of that. Uh, when you have a guy that can get as hard as he can and has improved as much as he can leading uh, your bench unit, when you're also staggering, uh, which is what I've noticed is, they have at least Jimmy or Kyle or Bam out there with Tyler at all times. And it's perfect because he can work alongside both all three of those guys like wonderfully. And Dwayne Dedman can too. Like Dwayne Dedman last year was a godsend to them uh, coming off the bench because they just they just signed him. You know, uh, like Ethan Skolnick said, he they just signed him off the couch and he immediately became their best bench player uh, behind Tyler uh, as soon as he came in. He's, he's a perfect backup big to play alongside all your ball handlers like Jimmy, Kyle, and Tyler because he knows how to set a screen. He's a great screen setter. He's a great role roller. He makes the right decisions. He he can set a illegal screen here and there, but he's he's still like a great guy to have off the bench, and he steadies your team. And Tyler is the scoring punch. And Markeith, which is surprising to me because I was the most down on Markeith probably out of anybody. And he's been okay for them. Like his mid-range numbers are kind of crazy, uh, which is hilarious because you can't really hit a three. Uh, but you don't need too much from you guys off the bench after Tyler. Uh, and Ethan says it all the time as well as after Tyler, you just need one other guy to show up at least. And whether that be Max or Deadman or Marquis or Caleb, maybe it, it's fine. That's all you need. And that's they've shown that throughout 
uh, the first few weeks here is you don't need too much. You just need enough. And whenever you get more than enough, it's going to be good night for the other team. Yeah, which is and which is what we've been seeing because the, the, there hasn't been a dud game off, off the bench. They've, as I said, they've outscored every unit they've come up against. It's uh, It's been a massive factor into our fast start, which has been incredible. Um, just slight, slightly pivoting over because we know we've got uh, Oladipo still to come back, which is great. But one man who uh, left and it's not going so well for is Goran Dragic over in Toronto, our beloved Dragon, out the rotation at the moment. Now, I know we can't trade for him, not that we would be able to trade for him anyway, um, because if you can't join the same team that you just left or something along those lines, if I'm right. But if he was to get bought out, does that change things? Does it is he is he eligible to come back to Miami? Okay, so I actually recently found this out yesterday. Is if he gets traded and then bought out, Miami can sign. Oh wait, no. Oh, okay, so if he gets bought out, just bought out by Toronto, Miami can sign him. Uh, but if somebody were to trade for him, and then the person that trades for him buys him out, I think that's when they can sign him. Uh, I don't know if you saw the same thing I did, but that I think that's what I saw. Yeah, I, I didn't see it. I, I knew there was muddy waters with it. And um, yeah, I suppose if he's traded and then bought, that, bought out, that makes more sense. But that seems like perhaps that's a lot to happen for us to see yeah. uh, Goran on the, champ- on the championship bus parade in uh, <laughs> and to be honest in, uh, with you, summer. Uh, like I welcome Goran, like he, but I don't think he played too much uh, whenever Victor Oladipo would come back, which... Another that's another thing that people are not talking about. Like Victor is still like hasn't come back yet. So that's another guy they're gonna add to their bench, which is like crazy to think about. Yeah, this this is it. I mean, even if we get even if we get a 60-70% Victor on the depot, that's another it's another dimension. It's adding not only uh, an offensive punch, but again, what he's known for is defensive uh, capabilities. This team that is so nasty defensively is such a terrible matchup, and that's why I've already made um, sort of the bullish claims and bullish sort of shouts here that I'm saying that, you know, we might not be the most talented roster on um, on the market. You know, you, you've got Brooklyn, you've got Milwaukee, you've got maybe uh, Lakers, etc. There might be teams that are above us in the odds, but I am taking Miami over any team in a seven-game series because I just don't see how you break this team down four times to get through a series. And I know that, you know, Brooklyn might have something to say about that, especially if they can... Uh, get Kyrie back, which there might be hints that they could be coming back with changes to what's happening in New York's mandates, etc., which does change things a bit. But at the moment, I'm loving what I'm seeing. And as I said, this team is, you know, what they call it, the kennel, don't they? For a reason, this is a, a dogged team and I'm taking Miami in any seven-game series at the moment. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a lot of fun. Before I let you go with some predictions... Wait, hold on. Uh, I, I next... want to say that Victor coming back also would help uh, keeping Kyle fresh because... He could take a lot of those ball handling duties away from him as soon as he came back and next to Tyler as well. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, it's an exciting proposition. We'll see when he comes back. Still not entirely sure of the time frame. You know, in some yeah. people's cases, it's saying, you know, December or something. Other people are saying more like January, February. We'll see. But as long as he comes back healthy and ready to go around that all-star break, then that's good by me. Um, we've got some predictions I want to give you, but before I do, one final question on the uh, on the team. You've already sort of alluded to it a little bit here with with Tyler Harrow's odds being slashed so much in the sixth man of the year um, stakes. Um, he's also coming massively in the most improved. I don't know what he started at, but he's now only third favourite um, at ten to one uh, for for most improved player. But Jimmy Butler 
I only I don't know what he started the season as MVP candidate odds, but only two games ago I tweeted out. So this was what four days ago, five days ago. I tweeted out the latest odds. Jimmy Butler was a sixty to one shot to get the uh, regular season MVP. Two games later, Marco, his odds are now twenty eight to one. Um, and We're you good. think with every game now. That's just going to, you seem like it's only going to keep coming in because people are starting to take notice that Jimmy is just not only doing Jimmy Butler things, he's a nightmare to guard anyway, but he's getting the numbers as well, which is what a lot of people take, don't they? They take the numbers only rather than perhaps the uh, like the box scores over the actual individual performance. So if he's offering both 28 to 1 down from 60 to 1, I can only keep seeing this going one, one way. It's just going to keep going down. I would, I would probably take a little nipple with that if I were like, for entertainment purposes only. $25 for that will give you a pretty good payday, so I don't see why you wouldn't go do that. And honestly, it's early in the season, but when you look at the way... If Miami... This is all team record stuff as well. It's a lot of narrative-based stuff. Uh, I talked with the guys on Five on the Floor about this. MVPs are mostly narrative-based on seasons. I never got to make this comparison to... Tim Duncan in 2002-2003, where you could see it if the team wins about 60-ish games and they're first in their division and he's leading a team that doesn't have one elite big scoring option, uh, that you could see him getting an MVP. And I don't, if Miami keeps winning the games like they are, I don't see why you wouldn't give it to him. Yep, I completely agree. And it's not just, as I said, we've got Bam that's come down in the odds. I think he's about 12 to 1 now for Defensive Player of the Year. I know that's been slashed. Even even Spolstra, who I do I do think started joint favourite at about um, 12 to 1 for Coach of the Year. He's now 5 to 1, clear favourite. So I know it's reflective because it's been a strong start. But, um, you know, the, the, if you've had money on any of this lot, um, you're, in for, you're in for a good payday by the looks of things at the moment or even maybe a good cash out offer because... They're all looking good. We're going to sweep the lot, hopefully. Let's see how that goes. Cocky Heat fan is back for sure. If they do. Um, you know that they've won at least around 55 plus games, if that happens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll see what happens. It's going to be it's going to be fun to, to see that. It continues to tumble down and some, uh, some hopefully some good big Heat fans getting some big money payouts. That'd be great. Um, Marco, quick prediction on um, the next two games, because the next two at home before we go out. West um, for a five-game trip uh, over in the Western Conference. We welcome Boston Celtics and then the Utah Jazz. Two tough games normally during any circumstance and still is the case now, but Boston especially has a sort of up-and-down start, more specifically down start. Um, and uh, Utah have uh, started strong, but they've had a little wobble recently with uh, with the, both of them games being at the FTX Arena. Um, I've relatively, every time I've done any sort of uh, predictions, I've always been quite sort of calm on it, not too over the top, a little bit sort of precautious, but I'm looking at both of these games now and I'm saying win-win. What about you? Man, honestly, I am too. Uh, and what, the thing that's making me say that, uh, it's more the Boston game is I'm more confident in because Boston's going to be coming off a of back-to-back and Miami is really good at home. Uh, and they're just on such a good groove right now that it's kind of hard to go against that. And I think the Utah game, I feel I don't feel as confident, but I still feel pretty confident in it because they're at home and they've shown that they've been a really good home team uh, throughout the years, and especially in that nineteen twenty season where I think they had they were at twenty eight and three at one point or something like that. They were like a crazy home record, uh, 
And I think that probably continues this year because last year was such a weird season where I, I'm not going to take too much from that home record at all. But I think they're, I have such confidence in them winning <laughs> these two games that it's kind of frightening me uh, because I, I don't, I've never felt this confident in the Heat team since probably that 12 13 team. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of with you on that too, because I, I just, there's something about this team that they haven't shown you anything to make you feel like they're not going to win these next two games. But, and this is it because, you know, there's, there's no reason, there's nobody out there that any reason at all to not feel confident about this team that anybody going in right now is full of confidence. So cocky heat fan is back. Heat fan is back. We are going to continue riding that wave for as long as possible because it is a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, we're, we're going for two more wins before we head out West, which we'll see uh, uh, a, a grueling test. I'm sure as it always is, but um, you know, this is going to be the marker. The next sort of maybe two weeks going to be a marker of, of uh, yeah, maybe early season rhythm starting to get in with other teams, you know, always a little bit funny to start, always a few strange results. But the Heat are six and one. If we can get through this stretch, whew, I don't know. Next few games, four and three, five and two. Who knows more? Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be the, the league going to really, really going to start to take notice. So, uh, as I said, let's continue to ride this wave. Marco, great, great to talk to you. Thank you so much for your insights. Where can everybody find you, buddy? All right. So uh, yeah, you can guys find me on Twitter at Marco Romo underscore. Uh, you know, I'll be writing F5 Recent Sports, uh, doing halftime spaces if you're, if all you guys are up at all in the UK or just the American people, listen, we're, look out on the Twitter accounts, uh, the spaces happen at halftime. We had great discussions, we've had uh, Nakai Duncan on the show, you know, our guys, Greg Sylvander, Ethan Skolnick, all of us guys drop on the show, uh, even guys from Heat Beat drop by sometimes, Giancarlo Navas and uh, Jack Alfonso dropped by sometimes. Uh, those guys are great. Uh, if you want to come by, you know, F- Fan Fridays, we also do uh, where the fans can just speak as uh, we invite them up on uh, the Spaces stage, uh, give us their thoughts. Uh, it's fun because halftime shows to me are lacking, and I just wanted to do this and, you know, bring attention to it. Uh, also, catch me on the Five on the Floor podcast uh, where I have my own segment now every week uh, where I talk about other stuff besides the heat uh just around the league and you know we talk about that and just you know also the youtube channel uh hopefully uh full Crowfest will be back soon me gad uh gadiel eh, gad and ariel will be talking about you know the nba hopefully we'll be back soon uh check us out on the five reasons youtube channel and yeah uh just look we're gonna be around this is gonna be a fun season hopefully i'll be writing about it more soon yeah, everybody knows, as I said, everybody knows what a champion I am for the Five Reasons Sports Network. They've got you covered through everything, the amount of contributors there, um, each with their own angle, their own personality, their own insights, their own uh, incredible uh, sort of work ethics that they uh, all got there with Brady and, and um, you know, uh, Royal, etc. Everybody doing their bit there. It's an incredible place to be. It's got for Heat fans. We're very spoiled to have you all. Uh, so keep doing your thing. It's great. Pre-game shows, halftime shows, post-game shows, as well as podcasts almost daily and Brady's stuff, etc. Um, nobody needs to give it any more of an introduction. Just keep going and doing your thing. Thanks very much for coming on. Great fun to have you on, uh, Marco. We'll do it again soon, I'm sure. Guys, that'll do it for us today. Um, we're back tomorrow. Uh, now that my internet is sorted out, apologies for that. 
goodness sake, thank you very much, Vodafone. Um, now that that is sorted out, we're back with the live streams. Uh, we'll be back there at 8.30 tomorrow night for tomorrow's game against Boston. We've also got the Boston Brit joining me for the view from the other lot. That's going out tomorrow as well, so keep an eye out for that. And please subscribe to the channel at Miami Heat UK TV. Until then, on the pod, that's uh, episode 61 of Heating Up the UK in the books. We'll be back next week for another one. Take it easy, guys. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.